minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Tuesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
קשים. הנה מנה כלה וכלה מושולים. כל מה שיהיה, כל מה שיקרה, בטוח אני שהוא מעלה אותי. עלינו להבין שהדברים הקשים אינם אינם כלל וכלל נשונים. כל מה שיהיה, כל מה שיקרה, בטוח אני שהוא
J.M. in the A.M. Maishi Tischler with that amazing uh, wedding mix here on a uh, Tuesday morning broadcast. J.M. in the A.M. Uh, before that, you heard the uh, Yeshiva Boys with Kuma Avinu done by Yaakov Shweki, Yishai Rebo and Shuli Ran together with Ayeka. Shalom Rav done by Shalshelas, and of course Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Tuesday on this October 20th, day two in the month of Mar Cheshvan. It's JM in the AM for a Tuesday morning in the brand new year of 5781. Tufshin Pei Aleph, 62 degrees, 87% humidity, winds are south at two miles per hour. Cloudy, maybe some rain and a high of 72. Then tonight, partly cloudy, maybe showers after that with a low of 64. Tomorrow morning, fog, afternoon sun, and a high Wednesday, 73 degrees. Right now, Yerushalayim is at 80. We're at 62 as we wake up here in the New York area. Uh, we're live in uh, NSN, Nahum Single Network Studios, in beautiful downtown Manhattan. And uh, I thank you so much for joining us on this Tuesday morning broadcast. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Trucker Yitz has already checked in. He did that during bonus JM. Oh, also MGA. M. Gavant, that's how we'll refer to it. M. Gavant checked in before 6 a.m. That's why you won't see it on the app, but I have it here from Bonus JM. And says, your favorite overnight teleradiologist stamping out diseases in Baltimore while listening to my favorite channel for Jewish music. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for your service as an overnight teleradiologist who's stamping out disease in Baltimore. And thank you for listening to your favorite channel for Jewish music. That's us here on NSN, and that's greatly appreciated. We're a lot more than music. JM and the AM filled with amazing information, plenty of news, and a lot of stuff going on. Um, oh, by the way, tomorrow morning, Dr. Um, Ephraim Zurov's going to join us. Got a brand new book, uh, which really reveals a tremendous amount of information about uh, one specific geographic region uh, of the Holocaust, not really Eastern Europe. We'll explain all of it tomorrow morning right here at JM in the AM. A lot of people are talking about the uh, Thursday night baseball event. Many of you know that uh, this coming Thursday evening at 7.30, I'll be hosting Steve Adelsberg in a much-in-demand conversation about Jews in baseball and Jews in sports. I want to thank um, the firm of Rosenbaum Financial Services, Mr. Ralph Rosenbaum, for sponsoring the event. And we do have a special guest, Ron Bloomberg, Yankee legend of the 1970s, is going to be joining us on the Zoom call. It's all happening this coming Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, and I hope you'll join us. Should be very interesting. Should be a lot of fun. Ronnie, the designated Hebrew, the first designated hitter in baseball history, is very entertaining. He's got a lot of wonderful stories, and obviously he knows a lot about a very interesting era in Major League Baseball. By the way, as I said yesterday, He's really up to date on everything happening in baseball today as well. Spends a lot of time at Yankee Stadium when there's no COVID. And is very familiar with the current players and the current coaches. So he's not just a throwback. He's somebody who could talk about baseball of the last uh, 50, 60 years. And we'll hopefully uh, have no problem getting him to do that. I don't think we'll have a problem <laughs> this coming Thursday night 
uh, during our Zoom call. Steve Edelsberg will join me later on this morning. We'll talk more about the event. And, oh, we'll also have a poll. Uh, we're going to start a poll. I think I'm going to start it at, um, I think I'm going to start it at, uh, let's see, probably on Twitter at Tall Jewish Radio about what uniform uh, Steve should wear to the Zoom call this coming Thursday night. He's got three unbelievable classic baseball uniforms to choose from, so we may just leave that up to the audience, which I think is pretty cool and a lot of fun. Tuesday morning, JM in the AM. My name is Nahum Siegel. Good morning, everybody. Here's Amram Adar. How you doing, Kagdila? It's gonna be fine. Savabien, a call me seder, Sizan is good. Aber tamid, tamid, anachnomim, Bau Hashem, Bau Hashem, aber tamid, tamid, yopain say. Bauch Hashem, Bauch Hashem, Bauch Hashem, Bauch Hashem, Bauch Hashem, Bauch Hashem.
Bright, the free town ain't a fire in a world like this. So we pray for the city with a fire on our lips. Yerushalayim, we see all the other lands truly need thee. Whether or not an embassy, sympathetic empathy will bring us to a greater peace. Uh, Cause we're the glory of the east. God's greatest gift runs deeper than the sea. Love and justice and truth we preach. Even on a shorthand, we still reach. In the AM, Peace in the World, Avi DeLevante and Nisim Black together on that one. Before that, you heard Simcha Liner, the fifth medley from his five medley uh, piece entitled Project Relax, Israeli edition. Ellie Marcus had Chavivi, the Bardich Nigun done by Yehuda Green, and Amar Madar had the song Baruch Hashem to open up that set. And this is America's one and only Jewish 
Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NahumSingle.com and the NahumSingle Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Tuesday morning broadcast. Thursday night is our big baseball show, starting at 7.30 on Zoom. That's going to be a Zoom-only event with the uh, Yankee legend Ron Bloomberg and, of course, my conversation with Steve Adelsberg. And a big thank you to Ralph Rosenbaum and the uh, Rosenbaum Financial Services firm for their sponsorship. Much appreciated. Got Galitz on the background. We'll go to our uh, news from Israel coming up. Don't forget, you can study Torah one-on-one with a mentor or partner chosen specifically for you. Call 1-800-STUDY-42, 1-800-STUDY, the number 4, and the number 2, or log on to partnersintorah.org. It'll be a life-changing experience for you. Partnersintorah.org. Galitzal in the background. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Tuesday follows next. We say Boker Tov from JM in the AM. יצר מירושלים השעה שתיים, שלום רב, כאן רני אבנאי עם מה שקורה עכשיו. ביקור היסטורי, המשלחת מאיחוד האמירויות, שכוללת גם שרים בכירים, נחתה בצהריים בישראל כדי לחתום על מספר הסכמים לשיתוף פעולה. חברי המשלחת ייפגשו במהלך היום עם ראש הממשלה נתניהו, שר החוץ אשכנזי ושר האוצר כץ. בטקס קבלת פנים בנתב"ג, בירך נתניהו את חברי המשלחת ואמר, היום אנחנו יוצקים תוכן ממשי בהסכם שחתמנו בוושינגטון. Today we are making history in a way that will stand for generations. This is the first ever official visit from the United Arab Emirates to Israel. This is the first time since the signing of the historic agreement in the White House that the government of Israel and the UAE will be signing concrete, practical agreements of cooperation. Today we are doing history that will remain for many years. This is the first time of the Emirates in Israel. This is the first time. מאז חתימת הסכם השלום ההיסטורי בבית הלבן, שממשלות ישראל ואיחוד האמירויות יחתמו על הסכמים ממשיים של שיתוף פעולה. הוארך בשמונה ימים מעצרו של מרואן סמארי, בן 28 ממאקר ג'דיידה, החשוד ברצח בת זוגו נג'ח מנסור, בת 35, באמצעות סכין, אתמול בדירתה בקריית חיים. ידיעה שמסר כתבנו קובי מנדל. לקראת כינוס קבינט הקורונה, הערב תוסרנה ההגבלות מכל הערים האדומות, למעט שכונת רמת שלמה בירושלים. דיווחה לראשונה כתבתנו המדינית מוריה אסרף וולברג. בעקבות שיפור משמעותי בנתוני התחלואה, שר הבריאות יבקש כבר בשעות הקרובות מהשרים להסיר את כל המגבלות המיוחדות החלות על כלל הערים האדומות מלבד שכונת רמת שלמה בירושלים. בהמשך היום תתכנס ישיבה של ועדת השרים לענייני הקורונה לדון בהמשך הצעדים ביציאה מהסגר. יושב ראש ישראל ביתנו, חבר הכנסת ליברמן, תוקף אצל אמיר איבגי ביומן הצהריים את הממונה על הקורונה, הפרופסור רוני גמזו, ואומר, אני לא סומך על שיקול דעתו. בניגוד לכל דת מומחים, אפשר פתיחת גני ילדים בערים אדומות, ערים חרדיות, זה דבר לא סביר, לא תכין, אני גם זה לצערי נדבק בנגיף הנקרא פוליטיקה. אני לא סומך על שיקול דת של רוני גמזו, הוא לא כרגע מתפקד כרופא מומחה, אלא מנסה לרצות את יותר מדי צדדים. המשטרה תגיש היום כתב אישום נגד אייל לוי בגין איומים ונזק לרכוש במערכת עיתון הארץ. על פי כתב האישום, לפני כשבוע לוי נכנס למשרדי העיתון, חיבל במערכת החשמל במקום ותקף מילולית את כתב הארץ גידי וייץ. לאחר מכן עזב את המקום והותר לאחר סריקות באזור. כתבנו בן נצר מוסר כי הוגשה בקשה לעצור את לוי עד לתום ההליכים. 
לאחר הפרסום בגלי צה"ל, ועדת החינוך והוועדה לביקורת המדינה בכנסת ידונו בסערת ציוני הבגרויות. הביא את הפרטים כתבנו לענייני חינוך דורון קדוש. לבקשת חבר הכנסת מאיר כהן מיש עתיד, שתי הוועדות התכנסו בשבוע הבא לדיון בפערים הגדולים של ציוני הבגרויות האחרונות. יושב ראש הוועדה לביקורת המדינה עופר שלח כתב כי יש בלבול גדול ומדאיג בנושא, וכי אסור שמחזורים שלמים של תלמידים ייפגעו, כי משרד החינוך לא דאג לסגור את הנושא הזה כראוי. ממשרד החינוך נמסר כי אם תימצא טעות בציונים, היא תתוקן. ומזג האוויר מחר ירידה בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד. Oh, 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 oh,
Come on. 
J.M. and the A.M. Lenny Solomon. Tanili Yad, the name of that selection. Lachshok Elecha, brand new from Moshe Daudi out of Israel. One of my colleagues at Radio Coldplay in the Holy Land. Shlemi Daska with a ton of debate to open up that set here on a Tuesday at J.M. and the A.M. Well, look at the clock, and here it says 16 minutes after 7 o'clock. On a Tuesday in late October at 16 minutes after 7 o'clock, we either will have be- would, ha- would have begun or would be in the midst of our Yeshiva League sports update. But the last Yeshiva League games that were played, at least as far as we know, unless something was played unbeknownst to us, was back in March of 2020, seven months ago. Um, so the question is, what has Elliot Weiselberg been doing over all these seven months? <laughs> As you know, we are the place to get a Yeshiva League sports update every single Tuesday morning. But Elliot, who has been uh, doing an amazing job for so many years for us, being on top of the sports news, has had a uh, an unwanted break over the last half a year. Elliot Weiselberg, Shana Tovat to you, and welcome back to JM in the AM. Likewise. Thank you, Nachum. So uh, you know, everyone's just assuming that you're uh, you're you have your feet up and you're uh, waiting for some hockey, basketball, or other sports action to finally kick off or start um, in the Yeshiva League. But uh, no matter how much you want it and how much you'd love to report on it, unfortunately, none of that is happening, huh? I think we're all in the same boat on this one, Nachum. I think everybody is sort of waiting to find out when. Uh when things are going to quote unquote, get back to normal in this regard, kids, uh, coaches, everybody in this aspect, by the way, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because people should realize that as, as schools have opened and thank God, I think we could say that the majority of the Yeshiva league schools have opened for this year. I think that that's accurate. 
um, uh, people need to realize that this is on the agenda. In other words, not like the leaders of the schools and the leaders of the league have just tabled this until, you know, they hear a certain thing from Washington or Albany or Trenton or anything else. Uh, this is something that, that I believe, and you can confirm this for us, is, uh, is, a, is a topic on a regular basis. Oh, absolutely. This is, this is on the radar of every school. Uh, it, it's, it's a constant monitoring of uh, the state COVID guidelines, the restrictions, the local restrictions, and obviously uh, everybody's uh, view on the safety and best interests of their students. You know, there was speculation that some sports could open before others, especially sports that maybe are played outdoors or maybe are individual sports, golf, tennis, I mean, things that we're getting used to, you know, seeing on TV these days. Um, and again, all that is still on the table. All those things are being discussed. But at this point, we really have no idea if there'll be any accommodations for any of them at this point, right? Well, it looked very early on in the school year or just before the school year that things were going to open up. And at the end of August, there was, a, uh, there was an order put down, uh, at least here in New York, that uh, that things would potentially open up a little bit more. And there was actually some thought that this week uh, the state would actually ease restrictions on traveling between regions or outside of contiguous regions in order to uh, have athletic competitions. But with the uh, obviously the latest mandate with the nine zip codes has sort of uh, curtailed that for a little bit. New Jersey, on the other hand, actually did pass down an order this past week or a week and a half ago that did happen to allow for certain indoor uh, competitions to resume uh, with a limited number of people. So it seems as if things in certain areas, depending on the regions, are actually ready to open up just a little bit. It also just depends on the comfortability and the safety level of the schools. Elliot Weiselberg's with us, takes care of our sports update for many, many years on Tuesday mornings and has had less to do, let's say, over the last half a year than usual. Uh, Elliot, uh, you've been a player, you've been a coach, uh, you've been an observer, you've been involved, you've been an announcer, you've been in so many different positions when it comes to Yeshiva League sports over these years and decades. Can you explain to the people who may not be as into sports just how devastating this is for the athletes in our high schools and in our, our, our elementary schools and for those who really turn to team sports, even if they aren't the best of athletes, but turn to team sports for the experience, for the camaraderie, for the growth in so many areas, and I don't just mean athletically. Can you explain why this is I'm going to use the word again, even though, you know, in the scheme of things, people might say, I'm, oh, I'm exaggerating, why this is devastating to so many? Well, I think it goes back to the fact that, that sports really helps in the formative years of really learning and taking in the experiences of what you just, uh, what you just mentioned. Having coached all the way down as low as fifth and sixth grade, this really, it's, sports is sort of complementary to the school in that there are many things that you learn as part of a team in the, in the sports realm that complement what you do or what's done in the classroom. And it just allows for a much greater experience because you learn teamwork, you learn uh, commitment, you learn attitude, you learn to take adversity and to turn it around on an ongoing basis because all of that is required uh, in the middle of a competition. And having to... Um, be a mentor in that regard. Uh, uh, every coach sort of has 
the the opportunity to help mold. And so for these kids, it, it it's their basis for for learning to work together, and for these kids to not have the opportunity to play and have fun, and to really be able to gather together with their friends and to celebrate uh, in the aspect that they know how to celebrate. It, it is devastating. I think we talked at the end of last year about how the fact that these kids that only have so many opportunities to yeah. mesh and grow together and to win together, the fact that there is no championship or the fact that there is no competition it's difficult because this is their outlet. This is their camaraderie, the unit, and also, not getting to share that with their friends is hard for them. Also, a lot of kids nationwide have dreamt of being in the Saracherk tournament, have dreamt of you mm-hmm. know following in the footsteps of siblings and other classmates and schoolmates, uh, you know, and and spending their junior and senior years really you know revving things up, competitive uh, in, in a competitive way. Uh, it looks like, I mean, we know the Saratrek tournament was canceled last year. I, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't imagine there's going to be one in 2021, but you never know. We're hoping still, obviously you never know. I mean, we're, we're talking about those, uh, those, uh, those student athletes who are in those specific years. It is really, uh, it, it's, it's going to be hard to recover from it. It's very, very similar to, I'm sure the feeling that the Yeshiva university athletes, you know, who were seniors last year and experienced the amazing run in the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, it's, it's gonna take, it takes a long time to recover from that whole experience. Right. I'm sure that nothing is either on the table or off the table at this point. I, right. I, it, obviously, there's, there's no roadmap. It really is a constantly uh, changing basis for everybody. Understood. I, I, I just, I, just uh, I, I felt you'd appreciate those of us who are keeping in mind, especially the older students who – you know, who always wanted their junior and senior years to be as, you know, incredibly competitive and incredibly fun as they always dreamt about, and obviously they're not going to have that, and that's uh, mm-hmm. that's very tough. It's very difficult on these kids, and um, you know, parents and principals and faculty members should keep that in mind as they go through this year. And one thing I have to say about the leadership of our Yeshiva League schools is I believe that uh, that this is as important as all the other things. And the academics, obviously, is most important. Midos, obviously, is most important. I get all that. But the, the, but they've left this, um, you know, high up on the agenda, understanding how critical it is in the development of the young men and young women in our community. So I'm thankful for that, frankly. Oh, absolutely. I, I would I would say that, that this is actually uh, an, an area where there's a harder look taken because, you know, when you're – opening up a school when you're opening up schools a lot of what you're doing is you're bringing students from one community together so these are kids that have already interacted with each other uh on the sports level i dare say it it stretches further and it creates even bigger issues because you're bringing people from many different communities into one area and so uh, there needs to be a lot more care taken uh when you take that factor in yeah it's not easy it's not easy, but our, the leadership in our schools, at least, are trying their best to hopefully make it happen at some point during this uh, during this season. Anyway, a very different late October Tuesday for you and I. Uh, this would mm-hmm. be this, this, this would be the typical day that you and I would be on the air together, talking about previews in hockey and basketball, some of the things to look out for, giving everybody encouragement. 
but COVID has created a bit of a different atmosphere, Mr. Weiselberg. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely a somber one, but, uh, but like I said, there's no roadmap. This is the route we have to take. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and one other thing I want to mention before you leave, uh, it, once it all restarts, our commitment to making sure everyone's up to date on what's going on is still going to be there as strong as ever. Uh, once, once, uh, once you hear, once you hear anything, you know, once the bat signal goes up, <laughs> you'll be ready to resume. Uh, Commissioner Gordon, bat signal. I like that. Uh-huh. Very uh-huh. good. Uh, <laughs> once there's a t- <laughs> once there's a tip off, or if they drop the puck, then uh, then we will be ready to roll here on the Yeshiva League Sports Update. Elliot, thank you, and uh, uh, continued uh, success in all you do. And we look forward to actually having regular reports from you very, very soon. Likewise, not. I'm very much looking forward to the day. Elliot Weiselberg, he's in charge of our Yeshiva League Sports Update, does a masterful job every week. And this week, like I said, under normal circumstances, it would be a really big week. A really big week with previews and news and probably a game or two, having played already last night, the whole thing. We take the Yeshiva League Sports Update very seriously, everybody. And uh, as soon as it returns, meaning the Yeshiva League, Uh, We hope to bring you all the news right here at JM in the AM.
Tuesday morning broadcast. My thanks to Elliot Weiselberg for joining us. It's Ari Goldwag with Yiska Bear here at JM in the AM. This coming Thursday night, it's open mic with Steve Adelsberg, all about Jews in baseball, Jews in sports. Brought to you by the, by the Rosenbaum Financial Services firm, Rosenbaum Financial Services. And um, it'll star a special guest. It'll star special guest Ron Bloomberg, the Yankee legend himself. It'll be our regular Zoom ID. Um, flyers all over social media will obviously on Thursday give you the exact details. So if you don't have it on in front of you, you'll be able to join us. It's an event for JM&AM and NSN supporters. If you're not a, a JM&AM and NSN supporter yet, feel free to do so now. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Be part of Thursday night's event. Again, it's sponsored by Rosenbaum Financial Services at TaxCPA2.com. TaxCPA2.com. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage in Delhi is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Harav Zevin of Yosef Alevi and Zechonishmas Esther Basar of Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. When analyzing the problem of children at risk, we realize that many times there wasn't someone who knew how to deal with them correctly, how to praise them, not to negatively criticize them, not to always say what they didn't do right, and what they have done that still needs to be corrected. Recently, there was a wealthy businessman who came from London. He came with $100,000 in cash. Along the way, he was accosted by three thieves. They demanded that he give over all of his money, otherwise they're going to kill him. The Yid tried to engage them in discussion. He saw that one of them was their leader, so he turned to him and said, I see you're a person that has many talents. You look like an understanding, intelligent person. Why do you need my money? The guy was shocked by the question, and he said, I'm going to tell you why. I need it to buy drugs. How much do you need exactly, asked the businessman. The man said, I need $50. The man gave him a hundred sterling and said, here's double what you need, but leave me alone. Miraculously, these words were effective. The thief took the hundred and he left along with the other two. The next day, the Yid comes to Shul and he sees outside that the leader of the thieves were standing in the doorway waiting for him. He said to himself, he must have come to demand the rest of the money. 
However, the young man explained, I told you I only needed 50, and you gave me 100. I would like to return the $50 that I didn't use. Diyid asked him to explain what had changed from the day before. Yesterday, you wanted to steal all my money, and today, you're returning the extra $50. The thief replied, I'm 27 years old, and until today, I never heard from anyone that I'm a good person. No one ever told me that I made a positive impression. You are the first who has ever said these words to me. This encounter turned me around. I decided it's not right for me to steal your money. I will eventually return even the money that I did take from you to buy the drugs. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you Morning Chizik. Have a nice day.
Tuesday morning, it's JM in the AM, Samchem Shlomo Kalbach. It just hit us this morning. <laughs> I don't even know. I got to check and see what we have planned for that day. It just hit us this morning that the Kalbach yard site is two weeks from today, and that's election day. Yeah. The Kalbach yard site is two weeks from today. Generally, um, especially when it's Tuesday and not really interfering with too much of our... Uh, original programming. Uh, generally, we do 24 hours of Kalbach. It's sort of drifted into a uh, JMNAM Kalbach special over the last couple of years. Um, but it's election day also. That's interesting. Anyway, two weeks from today, uh, some type of uh, Kalbach-dominated JM in the AM, and it will, in fact, be election day, and Americans will go to the polls and will uh, vote for either Trump, Biden, or somebody else, depending on their... Uh, on their desire, and uh, we'll be listening to Shlomo Kalbach music here at JM the AM. Very interesting. Timing in life sometimes is funny. Do you know someone in your family or at work who wants to explore more about our Jewish heritage? Suggest partnersintorah.org or call 1-800-STUDY-42. Incorporate Torah study with a partner and enrich your life. Partnersintorah.org or 1-800-STUDY the number four, and then the number two. Remember that here at JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network, we're offering a service to help people get jobs. Literally, we have an email address, resume at nahumsiegel.com. There is a job opening in a company we're familiar with. We sent them four resumes last week. Yeah. So we're trying. We're trying in a uh, in as dignified a manner as possible to get people uh, back into the workforce. 
resume at NahumSiegel.com. Anything in the Jewish not-for-profit um, professional realm, we will pass along immediately to our friends at the Joel Pohl Group. Otherwise, we'll try our best to get everybody a um, a job. Try as best as we can. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Siegel Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. This portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends in A&H. Abel's and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old World Classics, Beef Fry, Kishka, and more, and, mo- and modern, better-for-you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items as well. Visit the website at kosherdogs.net. Enjoy a 10% discount with promo code RADIO and try A&H today. You'll be glad you did. Um, yeah, you'll be glad you did is right. Uh, more coming up. It's JM in the AM. This comes from H volume number three. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah,
J.M. in the A.M. Yeshiva Boys and Krov Hashem. You heard Avremo, Avram Fried, and Kishoshana. Loyo Num was done by Miami. Eish had Vichaye Olam. And this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network. And, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Well, two weeks from today, it's election day. Two weeks from today, it's also Shlomo Kalbach's yard site, but on a different topic. Uh, two weeks from today is election day. Uh, the most important uh, poll, uh, the most important poll is um, being conducted right now on Twitter. And uh, Steve Adelsberg is going to join us in a moment. On Thursday, we're going to speak both with Steve and with Ralph Rosenbaum. Um, but we've asked Steve to join us this morning because of this very important election that's happening. If you read at Tall Jewish Radio on Twitter, at Tall Jewish Radio on Twitter, um, the the poll asks the following question: What uniform should Steve Adelsberg wear to NSN Baseball Zoom Thursday night? There is a big baseball Zoom Thursday night brought to you by Rosenbaum Financial Services. Starring uh, Ron Bloomberg, the Yankee legend himself. Thursday night at 7.30, we're going to be doing this on Zoom. And I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. But the question is, and the most important uh, uh, poll right now is, what uniform should Steve Adelsberg wear to the NSN Baseball Zoom on Thursday night? Uh, Choice number one, if you go to Twitter, at Toll Jewish Radio. And by the way, you have till 2 o'clock on Thursday to vote. Uh, and we'll post it on Facebook. We'll do it to get your comments, you know, through a Facebook post. But in terms of a real poll, we're doing it on Twitter at Toll Jewish Radio. Choice number one, Milwaukee Brave uniform from the 1950s, number 21. Choice number two, uniform number five from the 1930s, San Francisco Clipper. And number three, a Minnesota minor league uniform uh, from the 1950s era. Those are your three choices. Steve Adelsberg, welcome back to JM in the AM. How are you there, Nochem? Good to hear you. Good morning, and good morning to all. Do you regret not digging out some of the other uniforms you have now that we actually made these three that you made me aware of, an official poll on Twitter? Well, I, these are the ones I used to wear as a, you know, uh, in my, my younger years. Oh, so these, was, are, these, these are the three Adelsberg classics. You got it. All now, right. it's the San Francisco Seals, mind you. Not the, you know, it gave a little hint, and, you know, as I say, my excitement. Oh, and I'm saying to myself, oh, boy. And I'm saying to myself, I wonder if that's where the nickname came from. Because... Yeah, I'm saying the same thing. Well, that's not what it is. That's his nickname. <laughs> oh, but you want to know something? I think I'll leave it the way it is because let people – yeah, why not? I think we'll leave okay. it the way it is. Why, why wouldn't people uh, – you know, we'll explain that on Thursday night. Uh, right. that, that, that's what was meant by that. But okay, we'll leave that the way it is. I, I, I'm assuming because of the makeup of this audience that those who really know their baseball history might in fact gravitate toward that choice. But I will tell you that as of now, it is not the choice that's in first place on the Twitter polls. So we'll see what happens. Right. <laughs> and why, and why were you, and, and it's funny because being the father of, of children who, who are yeah. mi- minor league baseball aficionados, as you know, uh, it's, yeah. it's kind of silly for me to even ask this question, but why would you have had a Minnesota minor league uniform? Was it the, uh, was it the look or was it actually portraying a, a person or star that we might uh, be aware of? It's a star. Oh, it's really? A star, a person, a star. And that you, was, that was you, the deal. And you actually uh, indicated to me in the little note about these three uniforms, you indicated to me 
that it, that any baseball knowledgeable fan should be able to identify the Hall of Famer associated with each of these three uniforms. No question, no wow. question. Anyone from my from my age. Uh, background, ba- uh, background. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I, 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 th- I think I have two of them. I don't know if I got the third, but anyway, hey, maybe I'm not as big a baseball expert as I thought I was. Uh, this coming, <laughs> this coming Thursday night, NSN presents Open Mic. Nahum Siegel hosts Steve Adelsberg in an event brought to you by Rosenbaum Financial Services. Thank you, Ralph. Tax CPA number two dot com. Tax CPA number two dot com. The uh, title of the get together is the love of the game. Inside Baseball, Jews, and Sports. The guest is former New York Yankees legend Ron Bloomberg, author of the book Designated Hebrew, and of course, uh, the first designated hitter in um, in the history of baseball. It's an exclusive event for JMDM and NSN supporters, so make sure you're a supporter by going to fjbunity.org and helping us out, fjbunity.org, and we give you an amazing get-together this coming Thursday night at 7.30. Now, you know something about Ron Bloomberg. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sort of hoping you'll be able to get a word in edgewise on Thursday night because <laughs> he, he does seem to love telling stories, and he does seem to uh, go on and on. I got about, competition, you're telling me. I got competition. You okay, can, you I can, hear you. You can say that you. again. And you have a great Whitey Ford story. I believe he has a great Mickey Mantle story. I mean, obviously, he met the Mick on more than one occasion, obviously. Right. Um, because of the era that he played and how much of a connection he's had to the Yankees since then. Uh, By the way, I don't even know if you know this. I didn't know it until a couple of days ago. He's actually in the middle of writing a book about his relationship with Thurman Munson. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So he'll give us a little, a little preview. I think I forgot what it's called. Something with the captain. I forgot what it's called. Uh, but I'm sure he'll give us a little preview of that Thursday night as well. So there's a lot to look forward to on Thursday night. Right. Thurman Munson's a very interesting because that really Thurman Munson is really the beginning of the new Yankee era. Like to see when Steinbrenner got successful, right? You, know, you have to remember Steinbrenner comes in 70, 71, 72, and that was probably the wor- the lowest period of the Yankees in their history. Right? Not even thinking. You're thinking about that. That was the first time he actually lost, and and you know, and I know, the Mets owned the city back then. That's they correct. owned the city, and they won they the '69 World Series. Uh, even before that, they were very—they were the darlings. They Did, were the darlings, and like you know, as Casey Stengel asked, "Can anyone play this game around here?" Right. You know? Do you do you remember going to the big ballpark in the South Bronx when they were in tenth place? And yes, folks, at one time there was a thing called tenth place in the American League. Uh, do you remember? Was, do you remember going, or you just ignored them in that period? No, nah, no, nah, you went. You had to go. I remember. You know, I remember the big story about. I want to ask Ron Bloomberg about about this. That you know, Steinbrenner comes on. We know nothing about him except you know you'll you'll be like the rest of the owners, right. quiet, watching. You watch the game, you know. Right. And who does he start up with? Because he hated, as we all know, facial hair and long hair. Right. I mean, and uh, he starts up with Bobby Mercer. Right. Tells him to get a haircut. Right. And like the, I think the New York Post says, hey, no one tells Mercer. You know, Mercer was going to be never he never reached that that level. God rest his soul. But Mercer was supposed to be the new the man, the new mantle. Yeah, it was. You he know, was signed by the same agent as Mickey Mantle. He came from the same town or state as Mickey Mantle, and they thought he'd be the next right. Mickey Mantle, except just a lefty hitter. Uh, right, right. But um, uh, I, there was, and I, I have it somewhere, and I better find it before Thursday night. Now that I'm thinking about it, there was a Sports Illustrated cover about the Yankees of that era that featured Mercer and Bloomberg, like the right. new, the new sluggers of the Yankees. Right, and now I mean, that I, I mean, 
I think I even you could run. I think I even had Ronnie autograph it, if I'm not mistaken. And now I better find I, it. <laughs> I look at I look at Ronnie's Ron Bloomberg's numbers. The guy had great numbers. Yeah. <laughs> you look at that, he was a 300 hitter. Unfortunately, too short a career. Yeah. Right, right. But uh, but if remember anyone anyone of us who remembers them, remember that, that great lefty swing in the short porch of Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Back then, Yankee Stadium was not a nice place. You know, it really wasn't. The upper deck was like you know straight up. And uh, I think I mentioned the last show I was a vendor there. And right. if they put you in the upper deck to sell peanuts. <laughs> it was like going to purgatory. It was not cool. <laughs> so we have so we have two of the most important people in Yankees history. We have we have slugger Rod Blueberg and vendor Steve Adelsberg. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> where I got where I got my start. You know, <laughs> you were the original Freddy. You were the original mascot among the uh, people who roamed the stands at Yankee yeah. Stadium. <laughs> well, it's, it's even better than that because I, I told this to my grandchildren. I have a grandson, my uh, JJ, who's a, who's a who's a great kid, of course. He's seven years old, and he has the squeakiest voice. In the world. He just screeches, and I'm going. I said, guys, you know, I had the same problem. I said to the other his brothers, because what do you mean? When I was when I was working Yankee Stadium, I was in eighth grade. I used to yell peanuts, 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 <laughs> and everyone makes fun of me. Hey, girly, over here. Well, that was during the giant football games back in 68. Six months later, I come back for baseball, and no one's making fun of me. I go home. I said, Ma, they're not making fun of me. I go, I know. Your voice changed. Wow, Your voice that's changed. funny. That's how <laughs> young you were in the stands at Yankee Stadium. That's how I was. That was the deal. What it took, to make, what it took to make a living in those days, huh? <laughs> Unbelievable! What parent would let a twelve-year-old even go to Yankee Stadium to to work these days? I don't know. I doubt you're even allowed to at this point. Can't do anything well, anymore. <laughs> well, that was the yes, that was the big thing. Getting working, I think called working papers. Right. You had to get working papers, but I remember it was back then. You couldn't get a Giants football games. Right. New York New York Giants were like you know the, the games were blacked out. You had to see a game. You had to go seventy-five miles outside the radius of uh, New York City. Right. So the closest place you saw a New York Giant football game was Hartford. It, it was on Channel 3, and your TV was all fuzzy. Some neighbors sometimes had a special antenna just to see the Giant football games. So I said to my father, hey, Dad, if I can figure out how to get into Yankee Stadium, could I go to the Giant football games? And he laughed. And he says, you can figure it out. And you can get in there. You're in. I became a vendor. That got me in. Unbelievable. So my mother says, Sam, my father over showed me. He said, "Sam, you're not letting him go." He goes, "I made a deal," and uh, and the rest table. is history. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Unbelievable how much time you spent there. So you remember you remember the Mick. Uh, you can't really you can't really say in his prime, I don't think, or can you? But you certainly remember him hitting home runs toward the end of his career. My fir- my first memory, of course, of of the Mick was uh, really sixty sixty one. I have a memory of Mazeroski. I have a very distinctive memory of Bobby Richardson right. hitting that line drive off William. Mc- no, I mean sorry, William, William McCovey, McCovey hitting the line drive straight off to Bobby Richardson, Richardson with, uh, with with as I say uh, uh, second and third when mm-hmm. Roger Maris made that great throw against Matty Alou. and um, and he held him at third base. Yeah, if you're and- a real baseball fan and you're young. Go look up the final play of the 1962 World Series, and you'll see what Steve Adelsberg's talking about. The Yankees were that close to losing to the Giants in that series. Right. That was a, that was a great, great series. And the star of that series really was, of course, Ralph Terry, the pitcher, you know, who gave up 
who gave up the home run in 1960 to Mazeroski. Right. So he comes back in 62 and is a hero. But if you remember a guy named, we all remember Tom Tresh. Sure. And Tom Tresh was a, was a, was played shortstop because he replaced Tony Kubek, who went to the Army. Right. You know, they, the both players actually got drafted and went to the Army, actually went away for two years to the Army to serve their country. Yeah. It was a. Uh, what a, diff- what, a different, what a different era. Uh, those yeah. of you who want to vote, it's up on Facebook now. Facebook will do it, diff- <laughs> will do it differently. Uh, you literally just put the uh, answer in the comments section. Go check my profile, Nahum Siegel, on Facebook. Again, my profile, the network profile, we'll share it later in the day. What uniform should Steve Edelsberg wear to the Thursday night NSN Baseball Zoom? Choice number one is number 21, meaning uniform number 21 from the Milwaukee Braves in the 1950s. The San Francisco, what Steve is calling Clipper uniform, and that's a, there's a hint in there, uh, Clipper uniform number five from the 1930s. It was really the San. What'd you call it? The San Francisco Seals was the real name. San Francisco Seals. And finally, Minneapolis minor league uniform from the 1950s. What was the nickname of that Minneapolis team? Do you remember? I think it was the Millers, if I can remember correctly. The Millers. Yeah, Millers, uh, something like that. that uh, I can, I can see naming a Jewish team the Millers. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, if you know, you go, those, are the cheese, those are the cheese men. <laughs> if you could, I know. If you go, <laughs> I got the historical <laughs> reference. If you go to Twitter, at Told Jewish Radio, or Facebook to uh, my profile on Facebook, you could vote on Twitter. It's the actual poll. And right now, if you look, Steve, because the, the Twitter poll is about, you know, 40 seconds old, uh, 100% of the votes is for the Milwaukee Brave uniform at this moment. So <laughs> I have a feeling I have a feeling that might change as the day goes by. You can vote. Well, in- I was going to say, I think my mother just voted because I think she cleaned the uniform. <laughs> <laughs> and you can go to Twitter and vote until Thursday at 2 p.m. Thursday at 2 p.m. Yeah. Eastern time. So join us, everybody. It's an exclusive event for Jay. Them supporters, simple as that. We're calling it Open Mic. Nahum Siegel hosts Steve Adelsberg, the love of the game inside baseball, Jews, and sports, with former New York Yankees legend Ron Bloomberg, author of the book Designated Hebrew. It's this coming Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Brought to you by Rosenbaum Financial Services, taxcpa2.com. And we will give you the Zoom ID and password on Thursday, of course. Uh, those of you who want it now, it's already up on the uh, on the flyer that's going around on social media and WhatsApp. Steve, have you been sending the flyer to any baseball fans out there? Yeah, my mother's a big fan. My sister's a great fan. <laughs> no, 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 I didn't say Steve Adelsberg fans. I said to any baseball fans out oh, there. Well I, well, I sent it to my Rebbies from Hank when I was in the elementary <laughs> school because they said I would. I said if you knew, as I said, if you knew your Gamora as much as you knew your baseball. <laughs> so, <you'd>... <laughs> so, so this proves that that your your direction was the right one because now you've achieved this level of celebrity. You say exactly. So that... <laughs> my my Gamora learning never got me on the radio <laughs> but look at this your baseball experience in sports life has finally gotten you this notoriety uh that, that that'll show those rabbis huh steve <laughs> yeah. i think all of us from every one of us you you and every all of our listeners who are, who are from the 60s and 70s has the same comment from their father and their yeah. grandfather oh, if you yes. know you Baseball. If you knew your Gamora like you knew your baseball, no you know, everything started up that way. No question about it. No question about it. What did Mantle bat? In the, oh, no, you, you were too young in the 61 season, right? No. I, I don't oh, if know. you remember Mazeroski, then you have to remember. You remember the entire so run, 60, then. The 60 season. Yeah. That was the first team. That team had six guys 
on the 61 Yankees who hit 20 home runs more. Right. Well, let's, 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 we can go through them very quickly. I remember you know, that. You had, you had three catchers on that team. Elston Howard, Johnny Blanchard, and you had Yogi Berra. And, of course, you had, you had Scarron hitting over 20 home runs, Moose Scarron. You had Maris, and you had Mandel. And uh, one of the great questions people used to ask was, like, you know, give me an all-star team of guys who won back-to-back MVP awards. Maris is one of them, right? Maris is one of them. He won. He wins in 1960 when he hits 39 home runs for the Yanks. And then, of course, 61 was his great year of 61 home runs. You remember when Mantle got injured in 61? I remember exactly because he was the favorite. We, right. Every year they have in the paper, they had a little column yep. of who was ahead, Mantle or Maris, in the home run. Who's going to break Ruth's record? Yeah. And at the end, in the last two weeks, Mantle got an infection in his leg, and that was and that was really it for him. And he kind of limped the rest of the, the rest of the year. That '61, when they beat the Reds, which four games to one, and that was really the uh, the height of the Yankees. Because I remember that very well. Of course, the manager that's the manager that re- they replaced the Casey Stengel, and they gave him with the with the major Ralph Houck. Right. And that was an era when newspapers were king, everybody. But way before they were uh, they were censored by. Uh, high-tech uh, social media groups. So uh, that's when newspapers ruled the city. And, yes, every single day. Uh, my late brother actually had a scrapbook, so I know exactly what you're talking about every single day in the paper following what Mantle and Maris were doing. And uh, how do you explain the 61? Do you think the do you think it was steroids, Steve? Do you think the ball was juiced? How do you explain the 61 home runs compared to 39 the year before? All I could say is that he was in a groove, but the best move, what was the best move that Roger Maris ever made that yeah. set him up for life? Yeah. The best move, of course, we all know, he was traded from the Yankees to the, to the St. Louis Cardinals. Right. Who was he traded for? If I remember correctly, I believe it was Charlie Smith. Right. Man, uh, Maris goes over there, and he's, he's, a, he's a solid player for St. Louis on a great St. Louis team. He actually played he, against the Yankees in the 64 World Series, right? Exactly, I, yeah. exactly. Johnny King was the manager for the Cardinals, who right. later would become the manager. Yogi gets fired. Right, for losing game seven. Right. And, it's, and, he's, and, he, and that's, he's bitter. But in that, six, in that, in that 68 team, was when Maris, and he stays for 68, and he got in Bush... Dusty Bush, the owner of the Cardinals, says, stay one more year, and I'll give you a distributorship of Budweiser beer right. in, a, in an unknown in a city that was really not developed. It was called Tampa, Florida. Right. The Maris family got the, got the dealership, and I remember the Wall Street Journal had, had a tax column every Wednesday, and in it was that the Marises tried to pass the distributorship from Roger Maris to the kids, because he got sick early. He died young, Roger right, Maris. Right. And they tried to value, this is going back 40 to 50 years, they tried to value the dealership at $9 million, and the IRS threw it out and said it's worth much more. So I always remember, see, Maris made a good deal. Unbelievable. Talk about yeah, being was, set for life. Wow. You know, if, you, if you remember, you know, Mantle never did anything successful in the business world. Right. He was... Until at the end, when they said, "Don't put your money up; just put your name up." Right. But Maris was was fantastically successful with that dealership in an area that was going to take off in uh, the in the country. Yeah, Mantle you never know. realized he was Mickey Mantle. 
right? It was, and also I think he was, Mantle had the one thing, he, his grandfather died at 40, right. his father died at 40, and he felt it's going to be the same way for him. Yeah, he always, never, said, he always said if he knew he would live longer, that he would never, <laughs> he would never have abused his body the way he did. Uh, exactly. And by the way, you mentioned Yogi. Now, Yogi really is the Billy, the poor man's Billy Martin, because Billy Martin, you know, essentially deserved the way he was treated with the up and down and the and the firing and hiring, etc. Yogi went through the same thing, but never really deserved it. And I always think I, that uh, that that it started with that, with the '64 World Series. They, it kind of, it started exactly. He got shafted, but Yogi, he was portrayed by the press as being a funny guy, right? And they and, and and a crowd favorite. That's why it's amazing. Oh. But I guess Martin also was a, was a fan favorite. But, but you know, it's it's amazing that they got away with the way they dealt with him when he was so beloved by the public. Well, I always remember you said before the gang of three was Whitey Ford, Mickey Mantle, and of course Billy Martin. Right. And in '57, they get they go to the Copacabana. They got in that famous fight where you know Martin. You didn't have to take much for Martin to get in a fight. And the Yankee brass said. Who's going here? And they said, "There's no question. We're keeping Ford. We're keeping Mantle." Billy Martin was on the next was on the next train right. out of town, and uh, they needed you know, a good was... scapegoat. Right, right. But uh, but, I mean, I, but, but was... again, again, I just thought that you know, on paper at least, Billy deserved that kind of treatment. Uh, yeah, Barrett didn't yeah, really he... deserve it. Uh, everybody out there, you know the big question. The big question is, what uniform should Steve Adelsberg wear to the NSN? baseball zoom this coming thursday night he'll probably knowing him we'll be able to convince him to uh, display all of the uniforms or one of them he's actually going to be on him one of them he's going to actually make believe that he's one of these great hall of famers of yesteryear is it the number 21 milwaukee brave uniform of the 1950s the san francisco uniform uh, number five from the 1930s or minnesota's minor league uniform in the 1950s and of course thursday night steve will explain uh, what all of these have to do with Hall of Famers. But we need your input. If you're a baseball fan or not, you can go to Twitter at Tall Jewish Radio, at Tall Jewish Radio, and vote right now. And of course, uh, go to Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel and you could toss your comment into the comment section. The uh, question is asked in our most recent post under my profile on Facebook, Nahum Siegel. Uh, Steve, I hope we left some stuff for Thursday night. <laughs> I think we usually do. I got, I got that white, I got that whitey Ford story, and you're gonna. I'm telling you, you're gonna love it more than. Well, me. you it's don't, brilliant. you don't realize that you've told me that whitey Ford story, but you want to know uh-huh. something? It's so amazing. Uh, first of all, he just died, so we should tell it that you know for right. that. But number two, it's so amazing. I do not mind hearing it again. And I think you're right. Everybody who's on that Zoom call on Thursday night is going to love it. It's really a great story, and it has to do with you. And you don't come out looking so great, so it makes it even better. <laughs> no, it's really my mother. She's living with me well. Yesterday, she celebrated her 95th birthday. Wow! And she still works with us in the office. Wow! <laughs> I could give you. I could give you one more. One no, more. No wonder. No wonder you're. Yes, no wonder you're always in check. You got your mom looking over your shoulder still. <laughs> well, to give you an idea, wow. back in 1994, 19. If you have a quick second, Malcolm. Yeah. 1994, the Knicks and the Rangers. It's the greatest year for sports. Right. And the Knicks and Rangers. It right. was unbelievable. Right. Everyone's. We have every series of the game seven. You know, it. Uh, everyone remembers that. It was exciting, and. Uh, I would go into the Knicks games. I had tickets to be able to get to the Ranger games. And my partner, Danny Kramer, who's a great, great sports fan, probably the most knowledgeable sports fan I'm ever going to you gonna meet. He better join he, us on Thursday night. I even, <laughs> let's put it this way. If Danny's on, 
and Ron's on, and you got you and you got me. Me and you are in third and fourth place in getting that microphone. I'll tell you right now, those guys could talk. Those guys got stories. I mean, I got stories about Danny back in 68 and 69 when we were in MTA together. And he said, and, and it was a big secret. He ran. We had school on Sunday, but he sneaked out. and He went to the Super Bowl in Miami from MTA, gets on a plane, goes to Miami. But the big secret, and the next day, Monday, he comes back. And he's got the Jack Penance and he's got Jack programs. And he said, nice secret, Danny. Anything else you want to do and tell that, us? That is great. Oh, man. I, I hope he's on just so I can ask him about that. So you were saying 1994, yeah? 1994. So we we have tickets. To, we have pretty, pretty good seats to the Knicks on the, on, um, for the 94 season. And going forward, that's my seat. Now going forward, further, that's my season tickets. Danny gets a call from someone who wants to sell the rights, the key money, for his Tickets to the Rangers and Knicks. Now, hear this. The Rangers, they're basically seven rows behind the Ranger, uh, Ranger bench, and the Knicks tickets are four rows behind. And the price is $110,000 for the key money. And we have to figure out a scheme how we could transfer his name to our name and to get the tickets. We get lawyers that were involved, and it was $110,000. We were going to split it. And, I, and he says, let's send $55,000 to the lawyers escrow. My mother, who's the bookkeeper at Ma, need a $55,000 check going to this lawyer for yada, yada, yada. She says to me, that's it. I quit. Ma, you can't quit. You're my mother. <laughs> it's it. No, no, no. My father, who had passed back in 1985, my mother says, I see you. I hear your father. He's turning in his grave. We can't do this. I, I get it. I can't. These tickets, all you do is tickets. What? I can't do this. Ma, this is a business arrangement. What are you talking about? We are buying it. We don't want to go to the games. We're going to sell these tickets. Right. The tickets right. for the Rangers cost one fifty. We have a broker who's going to buy the whole season for one ninety. It's an investment. I have to tell you something. That spring in the ninety four, the gentleman who owned the seats made I figured out approximately forty thousand dollars just in the playoffs. He re, he reneged on the deal. <gasps> He reneged. He said, I'm not selling it. It's too, it's too cheap of a price. It was probably the worst mistake he could because you remember the next year, 95, there was, was a hockey strike. Right. And, and the Knicks really never reached that level. They got to the finals once with San Antonio right. back in 99. Right. But, you know, that was it. And, you know, and Madison Square Garden got very, very, very much aware of the price, especially with the Internet, what the price of the secondary market was. And they wanted to eliminate that, you know. You know, I have a ticket for 150. They wanted to get. Why should if it's if it could go for more? We want a part of that. You know, it's, so that's where the price is sort of really going up. It's and, funny. It's, it's funny how big business ruins so many things. You you remind me of a friend of mine who was very involved with the '96 Yankees, right. uh, who of course came out of nowhere and 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 won. And and was able to conduct business and make some money because you know he happened to be involved with the Yankees. By the time they get to their you know the, the real part of the dynasty in ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand, he is completely shut out. The team wants nothing to do with him, and they're understand right. <laughs> they're understanding the value of their tickets and of their items oh. and of their swag. They're understanding much much better the value yeah. out there. Hard for a lot of people to understand right now, post a couple of bad economic downturns and of course with COVID. But if you remember that era. It was, you know, they were printing money and they realized they could go ahead and do it. 
Right. You got to remember they're coming off the years of the 70s. Yeah. When Yankee Stadium was a ghost town, the question we always ask, and everyone knows, in 1961, in the last game of the season against Tracy Stylard, Roger Maris hits his famous fabled home run. Right. The question, of course, I think Red Barber was the announcer. And how many people were in Yankee Stadium? Right. What you call it? And at the time, they didn't. I don't think they hit more than twenty thousand people in the stadium. I think they're about twenty. If I remember, I think they're about twenty. Not only right. that. Not only that. We know people, and you might be one of them, who were on the field after every series in seventy six, seventy seven, and seventy eight. Some of whom made it into the locker room after the seventy seven <laughs> World Series victory. It was just. It was such a different era. If you tell yeah. this, if you tell this to kids today, they're never going to believe that these things actually used to take place. Yeah. I remember going. I remember from as a sophomore MTA in '69, the Mets were taking over the city. I remember, you know, there was a pennant, there was a pennant clinching game, there was a division series pinching game against the Atlanta Braves, and of course there was the World Series. Each time they won, the fans took the field and chewed up the right. field. Remember, wasn't that the the problem that the Mets had trying to restart the World Series after the uh, after they won the pennant in '69? They had. It was the- they, they had a problem. The Jets had a worse problem. Right. They had no field to play on. Right, right. It, it was uh, that was like you know so a different I mean, a different era. In fact, those of us who, or those of us who are old enough remember when it stopped. It stopped, I think, uh, after the I think after the nineteen eighty World Series when the police exactly. the police Sold horses out, came yeah. on right police horses came onto the field and and basically said to the world, "You are never going to have access to any professional athlete again." That's basically what I, happened there. That's, four, that's, 40, that's, 40, was, that, that's 40 was, years ago this week. 40 years ago right. this week. It was, it, was, it was the Philadelphia Phillies. Who was the mayor of Philadelphia? Mr. Law Order himself, Frank Rizzo. Right. The whole nation, it's, the Phillies about to clinch, it, clinch the series. The whole nation's watching. And who comes in the ninth inning? This lineup of dogs. Right. Horses and police Correct. in riot gear, giving anyone who has an idea of of, of yeah. going on the field, it ain't going to happen. I'm telling you that that's that's when law enforcement said you're never going to have uh, access right. to athletes right. again. Uh, a lot of kids listening would not even believe that that that, that was. Do you ever remember Nahum, Do you remember how we used to exit Yankee Stadium because it was a very tough place to exit? We used to exit Yankee Stadium by walking on the field and going out through the bullpen in right field. Stay with the line that you walked out. That's how you want to – they exit you on the field. It's that much easier. You're definitely thinking of Yankee Stadium and not another ballpark? A hundred percent. I remember it. You can ask – I'm sure there's some caller out there who's going to remember that the Yankee Stadium you exited. I remember when you were in the lower, in the lower section in the box seats. You went on the field, on the little on the warning track, and you went out to the right field bullpen, which puts you on River Avenue. It's funny. My that first was, Yankee game ever was 1972, and I don't remember that. But that's unbelievable. If that's true, that's unbelievable. Because my, wow. my first game, going to Yankee Stadium in '61, my father takes me one of the first games when Maris hit the home run. They weren't they didn't they weren't hitting back to back. It was Maris, then Hector. It was Hector Lopez. Right, I remember Hector Lopez. Well, I believe I believe he was from West Hempstead. He's you know <laughs> I don't think he was a starter, or I think he was one of the founders of the Young Israel of West Hempstead. <laughs> he was from West Hempstead. <laughs> Hector Lopez and Mantle Maris hit home runs right back to, with Hector Lopez being in the middle. I don't know how Hector Lopez got in the middle of Maris and Mantle, the M M&M and M boys, but that's that's what it was. You know, uh, no, well, okay. So now I'm going to tell you. I, you know, knowing you, you always get it right. So it's a shock when you don't, when you're not accurate. 
Uh, he was born in Panama. His okay, but he lived. But he lived he, when he was in New York. I believe he lived in West Hempstead. Oh, that could be. Yeah. Oh, that's what you meant. That he, when you say he was yeah. from West Hempstead, I didn't realize what you meant. Yeah. yeah originally from Panama. Uh, and one other thing, and I think you and I have spoken about this before on the air, another thing that kids out there will never, ever, ever experience. What was it like after seeing black and white television and newspapers, which never had color photos, what was it like walking into the stadium for the first time as a kid and seeing the green grass and all the colors. I, I remember that to this day. This is 48 years ago, and I remember what it looked like to this day. Not only to remember, but every time after, when we'd walk into the stadium and come out of the tunnel to see the field, it was one of the most beautiful sights. Only probably the only sight that was more pretty than seeing Yerushalayim. <laughs> I have to tell you. <laughs> so we have we have the top two. If we would do a poll, we have the top two. We have Yerushalayim, and then we have Yankee Stadium. <laughs> I was seeing the green grass of Yankee Stadium. That's when they came out with the artificial turf. I go, what is that? You know, unbelievable artificial turf. Let's not even get started on that one. Should ask Ronnie about that Thursday night. Join us, everybody, Thursday night for the Zoom. We'll talk more about it on Thursday and uh, and make sure to participate in the poll. Go to at Told Jewish Radio on Twitter, at Told Jewish Radio on Twitter, Nahum Siegel profile on Facebook, and let us know what uniform Steve Adelsberg should wear during the Zoom session this coming Thursday night. The uniforms are uh, are uh, uniforms that are uh, between, let me figure this out, 70 and 90 years old, depending on how you look at it, <laughs> which is pretty amazing. Steve, I thank you, and we look forward to Thursday night. We'll speak Thursday morning. You got it, my friend. Have a great day. And by the way, one last hint. I see outside, as you see, most, it's a little raining. That's a hint to the Milwaukee Braves. It's raining out. What do they? What does rain have to do with that uniform? Yeah, it's, I figured. It's funny. I said to myself, "Is it? Is it Hank Aaron, or is it the guy that you are now alluding to?" Because you are <laughs> you are shocked that I now got it based on that hit. You are shocked, <laughs> but it shows you that not only do I come from a, from a family of uh, of many baseball fans, I come from a family of older baseball fans. <laughs> You know, my late my late brother was born in 1951, so I was I was I was schooled properly on all the proper phrases. One of which is a hint to what you just said. Thank you, Steve Adelsberg. Thank you, Nahum. On Thursday night, join us an exclusive event for JMNAM and NSN supporters for the love of the game. Nahum Siegel host Steve Adelsberg and former New York Yankees legend Ron Bloomberg. Thank you to Ralph Rosenbaum and Rosenbaum Financial Services, TaxCPA2.com. Thursday, we'll give you all the Zoom information, and we'll talk more about the event. And for those of you, those of you who are not baseball fans, I know you're going to kill me because I didn't expect that conversation to be more than about five, ten minutes just to announce the poll. But as usual, I completely went overboard. More coming up. This is JM in the AM. Amen. 
Tuesday morning. Gam Kelech is Aryeh Kunstler. Before that, Hashem Melech here on a JM and AM Tuesday. Tomorrow, uh, Dr. Ephraim Zurov is going to join us. He and Ruta Venegate have written a book called Our People, Discovering Lithuania's Hidden Holocaust. Um, he's chief Nazi hunter to Simon Wiesenthal Center and director of, centers, of the Center's Israel Office and Eastern European Affairs. And we will speak about the brand new book tomorrow here at JM in the AM. Don't forget to vote in our poll. Go to Twitter at Tall Jewish Radio, Facebook, Nahum Siegel, and vote on the uniform that will um, <laughs> that will be uh, on our guest speaker this coming uh, Thursday night at the open mic Zoom session with Steve Adelsberg and Ron Bloomberg. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abels and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old world classics, beef fry, kishka, and more. And modern, better-for-you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, and reduced sodium hot dogs. Ooh! Ooh! It just hit me. We're talking about the uniform that should be worn on uh, Thursday night and the fact that I must find the Sports Illustrated that I have somewhere. Uh, signed by Ron Bloomberg when he and Bobby Mercer were on the cover. Um, but it just hit me. If we have a menu for Thursday night, <laughs> the people the people that are doing the, the Zoom on Thursday night should have a menu, a baseball menu. And that means hot dogs. All right. So if you're joining us for the Zoom on Thursday night, everybody, make sure you have your hot dogs and hot dog buns from A&H. Um, so they have uh, amazing food, delicious items, and many better-for-you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, and reduced sodium hot dogs. That's, that's what made me think of it when I said hot dogs. Visit the website kosherdogs.net. Enjoy a 10% discount with promo code radio and try A&H today. Yeah, how can you do a Zoom about baseball and not have some uh, delicious hot dogs to go along with it? Uh, phone, FaceTime, or face-to-face. All these are great methods to be a partner or mentor with Partners in Torah. Log on for details and information at partnersintorah.org, partnersintorah.org, or dial 1-800-STUDY-4-2, 1-800-STUDY, the number 4 and the number 2, 1-800-STUDY, the number 4 and the number 2, 
and do that today. I want to thank the Jack A. family of Staten Island, a very generous 20 times high donation uh, for the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting. Much appreciated. I got to thank... Um, my thanks goes all the way to Bayonne, New Jersey, and the Werner family. Uh, they've sent in a check for $500 for our fall campaign. Uh, thank you, Debbie. Thank you, Harriet. Thank you to the Werners. They they are among uh, the group of people in our audience who think of every excuse to support us. They'll never say no, no matter how many times we ask. And it's much appreciated. Thank you so much for that. And I want to give a special shout-out to Deerfield Beach, Mr. and Mrs. Albert Hagler, who we know, of course, as Bumi and Helen. Their twice-high donation that arrived is a um, is a donation in honor of their birth of their great-grandson, Avigdor Chaim Elimelech. Avigdor Chaim Elimelech out in Cedarhurst, New York. To the Haglers, we say mazel tov. To the Haglers, we say thank you. And... Um, I'm sure you'll get regards from I'm, I'm sure they're listening, but aside from that, they'll get regards from us, from those people in Manhattan who speak to them on a regular basis. <laughs> so thank you very much. Those of you who want to Zoom, uh, join the Zoom session Thursday night, remember it's for uh, JMM and NSN supporters. Become one today by going to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Those of you who have not yet supported our full campaign, please hop aboard. Be one of our great supporters, one of our wonderful donors. Uh, be among the people who help keep us going every single day with great content. Remember what we said last week. These days, people are paying a lot of money for good content. We never thought we'd get to that point of the Internet where people would actually pay for content. Uh, at the rate of a dollar a day, right, 360 bucks, 20 times high, that's an unbelievable and a wonderful way uh, to to pay, quote-unquote, for our content, but to support what we're doing on a daily basis. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and I thank you all very, very much. Eitan Freilich is next at nine minutes before nine o'clock at JM in the AM. i 
Achena Yisrael and Achimachem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web, and AchimSiegel.com and the AchimSiegel Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. There we go. I knew we'd find that song, <laughs> that Hatikva eventually. Um, wrap things up with Shlomo Katz and Leif Tahar, Eitan Freilich's medley, and uh, you heard uh, Arye Kunstler with Gam Kielich. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Tomorrow morning, we're back starting at 6 a.m. JM Rewind is next with some amazing guests. And, of course, Avrami has a live lunch starting at 11 a.m. live, 11 a.m. Eastern Time live from Israel. Join him. Comment on the app by going to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone. Vote in our poll at Toll Jewish Radio on Twitter, facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel. Have a fabulous Tuesday till tomorrow. Nahum Siegel reminding you, remember to past, live the present, and trust the future.